Okay, so if you were a successful musician, which is very likely in your future. Oh, thank you for that vote of confidence. <laughs> would you be honored or annoyed if people covered your music? I it, it would I would hope that it would be good, <laughs> but ultimately it would be an honor more than okay. annoyance. But if it was bad, <laughs> Or if they got more popular than me oh, off yes. the cover, then you're like, oh come on! <laughs> Wait, does that happen? Like, well, like I, I, I know like Birdie like has covers, <laughs> you know? Like people are like, oh Skinny Love by Bon Iver, let me or Skinny Love by Birdie, let me play that on my ukulele. Yeah, you're right. It depends on what circles yeah. you're in. <laughs> Welcome to Waveframe. So what have you been watching recently? Yeah, I'm trying to think since, I mean, it's been a little over a month since we did our last one of these, so a lot. No, wait, no, a lot. Wait, no, it's in the 19th of today, it was the 22nd, so it's not even a month. September, uh, oh crap, it's been like... <laughs> it's been two months It's been almost. two months. It's been two months. <laughs> so in the last two months, I'm trying to think. Yeah. Um, I remember thinking... You know, being excited to talk about, you know, I won't spend a lot of time because now it's been a hot sec since I watched it. But I worked my way through Watchmen, oh, yeah. which I was had a great time with. Um, and that was a really good show. And right now, um, I'm mostly embroiled in The West Wing is what I've been oh, working my way through. And yeah. that is some time. I mean, we've talked before. I'm in season five right now. Aaron Sorkin, you know, oh. big writing name. Yes. He, he was with the first four seasons. And I will say... Maybe I'm trying to look for it too much. It does seem like there's a drop in quality into season five, but I'm okay with that. I'm gonna stick it out, and I'm still enjoying myself. That's great. I, I'm really, I'm that's that's really happy for you. I don't know what I will do. I really don't. I don't know. And and for me, Aaron Sorkin is like, like like a like a very calming, warm bowl of soup on a november <laughs> blustery day like you know you you texted me once and you were like i needed something uplifting so then you watched uh moneyball right oh, yeah uh -huh. and that's aaron sorkin too so um i don't know I, I i might have a hard time moving past season four but i might do it because yeah. you're it's, a completionist yeah, right? i am a completionist a, yeah i was just talking to our friend jacob while i pass along to him because um, he had some questions about The Mandalorian, and I passed along my spreadsheet that I made about Clone Wars episodes. <laughs> yes. And I'm like, you know, Jacob, if you're enjoying the spreadsheet, I think you might also be someone who might just enjoy going through the whole show. And you're going to hit some duds, but it feels so good when you get to the end. You're like, I have seen them all, yes. <laughs> I have seen the Mace Windu yeah, yeah. and R2-D2 yeah. episodes. <laughs> so I've bad. seen the Jar Jar Binks episodes. Every single one. <laughs> I think it was, it was really fun because we are coming out of election season. So the West Wing was really fun in a lot of ways. Like right as the election was going on, I was watching the election day episodes of uh, West Wing. Yes. And it just made me want that to be the reality <laughs> because the West Wing is so nice. Yeah. And it, it, it's so wholesome in a way. Like it does get into the muck and the ugliness of politics. And it's a critique of that as well. Mm -hmm. But um, it, it, the show is just so incredible for being, you know, ultimately it's not a show about politics. It's about char the characters. Mm -hmm. It's it's a human centric show. And every episode you know, I would compare it similar in, you know, to like the next generation of Star Trek. Yeah, it's sci-fi, but am I going to say it's a movie about sci-fi? No, or sorry, a show about sci-fi. It's a show about people, humanity, and philosophies that come along with that. And The West Wing is very similar, but in a political setting and not a science fiction setting. I also would say that The West Wing 
is healthy patriotism. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's not nationalism. It's healthy patriotism. And like it critiques a lot of like the constitution yeah. and stuff. Yeah. As well, you it's, go. it's, it's, it's civil servitude yeah. at its best, you know, and even, you know, it follows the senior staff, you know, which is made mm-hmm. up of, you know, the president and then he's got the chief of staff, deputy chief of staff, yep. the speech writer, the deputies communication speech writer and the, like the press secretary. Definitely. And like, those are the main, but even when they're in rooms talking about stuff, they're disagreeing on different yeah. things. And, you know, and it's so, it's got a great cast of actors and every character is just very solid. There's not a character that you don't like. And mm-hmm. I think that's really impressive for a show to do well. Did you watch the HBO Max reunion? I haven't yet. I okay. was planning on doing it at the end. Um, but I have seen the episode that that was like a yeah. redo of. So I could I could visit it. Yeah. I'm not quite ready to see them all old yet. I that need to get to sense. the end of the show first. And then they recast <laughs> one of the guys, obviously. Oh, yeah, died. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, that's, that, that's really good stuff. I'm only like three-fourths of the way through season mm-hmm. one. So mm-hmm. I need to get back on that horse because... Aaron Sorkin, I love him so much. Um, well, yeah, what have you been spending your time with? I have been doing a lot of my main one, my main course entree <laughs> has been Better Call Saul. Okay. Which, okay. wow, is it rewarding? Okay, so for some context, I, for the last like 22 days, whatever, around that time, have been pretty much spending time alone because I <laughs> I had COVID, and so <laughs> and so I like just binged you know like the Queen's Gambit okay and Devs which is on yeah. Hulu mm-hmm. and uh, Better Call Saul I am on season four now and there's only four seasons out currently so are they still making more at this time? I think they okay. will make a season five I assume that had been wrapped up but I, I get... they might not I might be wrong about that. But oh, I also finished up Succession. Okay, which they are making a season three of Succession, okay. which yeah. is really exciting. <laughs> um, but pretty much, Better Call Saul is the unlikely prequel story that's arguably just as good as Breaking Bad. Mm-hmm. You never watched Breaking Bad, right? I tried it yeah. in high school, and it didn't grab me. Yeah. I could see trying it again at some point in my future, but it hasn't. It hasn't gone to the top of my list. I really, really, really think that. I know it's not at the top of your list. It doesn't need to be at the top of your list, but I do think that you would enjoy it. And I would almost say <laughs> you could start with Better Call Saul. Okay. Because it is a prequel story. Okay. So, like, it makes sense. There's only been one moment in the show where I was like, oh, that was, like, pandering to, to Breaking, Breaking Bad, Bad Gotcha. Only one moment. It's legitimately great character building. Same, like, producer, creator, writers. I don't know about the writers, but, like, the main creator is behind it too. Mm-hmm. And then I don't know. I just really, 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 really would be sad if you went your whole life without seeing <laughs> honestly Better Call Saul, Breaking Bad, and the movie El Camino. Okay. Which it seems like a tall order, but like I have millions got a to back me yeah. up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But uh, I really like it. I don't know if you know Bob Odenkirk. But uh, you remember in Little Women, he was the father. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I didn't recognize the name, but I it's do okay. know that actor. Yeah, you're yeah. good. Yeah. he's Saul. Yeah, he's yeah. Saul. Mm-hmm. He's Saul. And then, and then you've got, uh, you know, the guy who kind of replaced uh, Pierce in Community, bald yeah. Yeah. old guy. Uh-huh. He's maybe my favorite character okay. in the whole show. Okay. Because he, he's just really, really good at what he does. 
And I, Annie's not like a bad guy. He's not an asshole. Um, and I love watching people do things well. It's like uh, Ocean's Eleven or yeah, whatever. It's, it's so, like it's so nice. It's like oh my so, gosh, <laughs> you thought of that? Yeah. It makes sense because you were a policeman and now you're old and like oh my god, specialized set of skills. Yes, exactly. And honestly, I would say it's much. Not much funnier, but it's funnier than Breaking Bad while keeping the drama. Okay. Um, and and it's it's not got that many important connections to. It's got like tangential connections mm-hmm. to Breaking mm-hmm. Bad. But I would highly recommend it. And I was one of those people. I was kind of like you with Breaking Bad. I, I tried Better Call Saul, like the first episode, and I was like, eh, whatever. But but now I like actually tried the whole season, first season. And I am so glad I did. It's Good. it's great. Um, and so, yeah, I would say definitely worth your time on Netflix. Um, and you don't need to see Breaking Bad. Um, and then devs, Nick Offerman, mm-hmm. like Ron Swanson, Big Ron Swanson from Parks and Recreation. He's kind of the biggest name in this show, but uh, it's 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 very sci-fi, but also like spy stuff like fbi like spy stuff corporate espionage and i really think that like it does a really good job of like grounding itself and if we didn't have this like glut of tv shows right now it would be like people would talk about it a lot i really do think so i i saw ads for it and then it totally dropped off my radar it did nobody talks about it anymore and i was like you know i like sci-fi a lot and i will try it and and (laughs) And it's got like really compelling characters, and honestly, a character that's a lot like the bald guy from Better Call Saul, <laughs> only like evil version. Okay. And he's scary. Okay. He's very scary. And uh, Nick Offerman does a wonderful job. It, it does a really good job of like making things like feel like realistic, mm-hmm. like they could kind of happen in this real life. And then you gotta suspend your disbelief with the sci-fi elements. But once you do, I'm just gonna. Sp- can I spoil just a little bit? You can spoil. Bit? Didn't you can, I you can spoil tell you about me. this? They pretty much create a machine through the theory of predeterminism. So it's not predestination because that involves God. <laughs> it's but like, like probability. Probability and stuff where and... like if you know exactly what all the variables of the past, you can access anything in the past. Mm-hmm. So they have this like big screen <laughs> that pretty much at first – fuzzy like very like uh, black and white like tv like fuzzy screen shows you pretty much any place any time in history so they like figure out who assassinated jfk Mm. but like that's (laughs) not why they're doing it yeah and like the first time you see it there's like you like see this silhouette of like three like figures and then you're like wait what is that and then you realize it's the three crosses and jesus dying on the cross so it's wild. It's wild. And that's okay. like the second that's episode. On Hulu. It's on Hulu. Hulu. Okay. And that's like the second episode. And and I'm like, oh what? Like <laughs> and then and then you like listen to Jesus talk and mm-hmm. you're like and it's like obviously in like Aramaic or whatever. Yeah. And and you're like, this is crazy. Like I know it's fictional, but like it makes you feel like, wow, the reactions of the people are realistic. And then the ending, I feel like you're either going to love it or hate it. Right. And I didn't love it. And is it fixed or are there more seasons coming for devs? No, this is okay. it. Okay. Eight episodes, 40, wow. okay. 42. That's, that's very approachable. Very approachable. They're like 42 minutes. And the, I will say there are some uh, moments in this show that like won't leave me for like years probably. Like 
there's especially one moment with a very pivotal scene for Nick Offerman's character, and he you don't really see Ron Swanson after a while. He he does a great job. <laughs> um, there's one moment like his like motivation. It's kind of similar to Into the Spider Verse. Okay. The, the Kingpin's yeah. motivation, but it is it is wow like holy crap won't leave me so yeah it was great it was it was great but the ending for me like i have mixed feelings on the ending okay i'm glad to hear more about that because yeah. like i said it totally dropped off my radar so yeah. it's good to hear your opinion and the predeterminism stuff is super interesting mm-hmm. and you gotta it's not a show where you can like flip through facebook while you do it well, and, yeah, yeah. <laughs> i would say yeah <laughs> west wing too i'm like ah, i gotta pause this to, <laughs> yeah, to text a exactly. moment because you just miss stuff that's the nice but, thing about better call Saul is that you can like like be the eating something yeah. and looking at your food and things like that yeah i think that yeah from what you're saying about the predeterminism and that's a fresh take on like, I just saw like, you know, on like Fox or something, there's a new show about an AI trying to take over the world. And it's like, we've been down this road so many times, but yeah. I haven't heard anything with the predeterminism specifically. So I think that's a nice fresh take on it the is. AI and the dangers as we continue to evolve in our modern technology. And like you said, like it's a show where it's like sci-fi, like the West Wing's political stuff, but it's really about the characters, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is great. Really great. And the main character is like a em- low-level employee at the, the big tech company. Mm-hmm. And she does a great job. Although I will say it takes a little bit to get used to her style of speech. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I can't explain it. It's just an interesting way of talking. It's not really an accent. It's just a weird, like, stil- stilted way of talking. Um, but I really, really liked her by, like, the third or fourth episode. Um, and there's one character that, like, is this Asian dude that, like, anyone will love by the end so anyway <laughs> i don't want to give too much away yeah no yeah. it's considerate of you it's yeah. well not yeah i think the more and more i talk about the more i might watch it so <laughs> jordan might watch it so okay. i mean i don't know why i'm saying that on this <laughs> podcast but <laughs> they know jordan they saw the t- they our twilight episode yes our, our twilight most episode. Listened to episode <laughs> that's so. true we need him back <laughs> Um, yeah, so what else have you been reading or slash watching? Oh, I want to recommend The Witcher to my dad. Oh, that's good. Yeah, well, I was going to bring that up. So The Witcher is a show we've both seen. It's on Netflix, and they got a lot of positive attention. Uh Um, Henry Cavill, you know, who's Superman and the the beefy boy in the latest Mission Impossible. The baddest beefster. (laughs) The baddest beefster there is. He's so attractive. (laughs) I've seen lots of jokes about, you know, well, like, it's typical for guys maybe to say, like, oh, I just watched the show for the plot, like, when there's a lot of sex and nudity yeah. and then I see stuff where it's like girls are like I just watched The Witcher for the plot and then it's like the plot and it's like Henry Cavill shirtless with like his arms flexing and stuff uh, yeah. it's just like grunts as yeah. response yeah. to something that somebody says yeah it's just, so the show for those who might not be as familiar it's a, like a medieval world uh, where it's it's a fantasy realm where magic exists um, and witchers are this specially mutated humans through magic that hunt monsters um and it's just let me just say that's dope it, that's, it, honestly, the premise is awesome I, it didn't hearing that premise i wouldn't be like oh yeah well yeah because it sounds like cheesy 80s yeah stuff. it sounds like vampire hunters yeah. you know but it's so incredible so it started off as a book series they made it into video games and that's it, what i was actually referencing i think mm-hmm. my dad would like the book series yeah so, and, and that's read what i'm reading right now yeah. i'm on it so the the they're divided up into i think there are five novels that tell the main story 
And then there are three books of short stories. And those are like prequels to the main novel series. The show draws a bit from those short stories. So it's been fun because I've been reading short stories that are like the episodes then then yeah. are, that I've seen. And that's the thing. Like Mandalorian, we've had complaints. Like it's side questy. Mm-hmm. And like you could say the same thing about The Witcher. But really, like it doesn't. I like the side quest yeah, a lot. Yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's done a lot. It's it. They're starting to pick up steam and give this sense of destiny what's happening. But up until then, you were just getting to know the characters. Yeah, and that's the thing is character development. Where where I think the Mandalorian falls flat sometimes. Mm -hmm. It's not character development. Yeah. Except for maybe Frog Woman, who we won't see ever again. And I don't care about her babies. We'll we'll touch back at the end of the season and see if our opinions change. We're we're likely we'll be doing it because it's Star Wars and we love Star Wars. (laughs) But we also have firm opinions on what we think would be better. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so that's what I've been reading. Um, the I've been listening to. I've uh, I think two big phases that I've gone through was I revisited Block Party, which has been a band for mm. me in the last like six years or so that I've mm-hmm. really fallen in love with, and I listened to the and familiarized myself with the two albums of theirs that I hadn't yet. Um, I have a ton of respect for their lyrical content. I think one that's been sticking out to me, just as an example, is there's one song. It's called "Better Than Heaven." And it's kind of like this somber, like almost like this sexy mood, but it's it's <laughs> then it gets really intense. Um, and there's a line in it that says, "The quote is, you get sadder the smarter you get.'" Oh, and I think that that true, is a really good line. It's very true, you know, in a way, and especially you know. Uh, the more aware we are in the world, like just, you know, more than sadness, if you look at just the rates of depression and what a lot of uh, psychologists will attribute that to is the way that we're so connected to the world. There's so much more stimulating negative influence on like us. globalized yeah. information yeah, is so exactly. You go to the BBC <laughs> webpage and yeah. you're like, I'm great, I'm educated, but also you're like, look at these all top eight headlines of awful things that are happening. Yeah, and we weren't programmed, and that's that's what devs is about. Yeah, okay. Is that, okay. It's about, because they're like watching I don't. I, uh, I'll be brief, but they're watching like pretty much cavemen, mm. like on this screen. And then this is the last thing I'll say about it. But <laughs> but he's like, for like five thousand years, we lived in caves. And he's like, when I was a kid, the world changed every few months. Yeah. Now it changes every few days, and it's crazy. Evolution. Our little meaty don't got no time brains, for you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Our caveman brains don't know how to relate to social media and information. Mm-hmm. Anyway, go mm-hmm. ahead. Oh, yeah. Well, anyway, I just think Block Party, (laughs) that line I think is really representative of them. It's a lot of like this bittersweetness, I think, is a lot in their lyrical content. And it's like there's such moments of joy and there's love and but there's also so much loss. Like one of the songs on that same album that I of the lyric I mentioned is about a friend of his who's dying from cancer and, you know, working through that, fighting that, you know, processing that. It's just a whole lot of great lyrics you can hear his accent, which is yes. always fun. He's yes. got a great whoa, British whoa, accent. Whoa. Yeah, yeah. He starts out one song that I've talked to Isaac about. He says "war, war, war," but he goes "whoa, whoa," and you're like, "What's going on?" Um, and the guitars are absolutely fantastic. It's it splits the guitars between the lead guitarist and the rhythm, who's also the lead um, singer. And the front man and they do these back and forth they utilize like the mixing of left ear right ear so ah, it's going back it's some just, Beatles stuff it's, yeah it's really it's really well done music I think that they were really influential in the early indie pop dance scene um, and indie rock like you know they were on Guitar Hero 3 and stuff yeah. and, like on the FIFA soundtrack in uh-huh. one year um, but they kind of faded out of existence with each album and I think there's good stuff on every album to be explored 
Which album would you recommend to the listeners to start with? I would recommend, and I think I, I think I maybe said this in, I put a post on our Instagram uh-huh. of a Black Party song, and Silent Alarm is a really great album. That was their first one, um, and that kind of punched them into success. Um, and I will say, probably on the charts at least, they haven't gotten back to that first album. But um, I would absolutely recommend um, that you you know songs off of that, and you mm-hmm. love songs like like mm-hmm. Eating Glass is the oh, album so opener, good. one of the best album openers so that there good. is. It's so incredible. Then it goes into Helicopter, which is one of their big big singles. That was the Guitar Hero song, so that's my first exposure. I mean, that's a great thing about Guitar Hero. It, it exposes you yeah. to a lot of good stuff. And yeah. I'll talk about the other phase I'm in, but I <laughs> I first wanted to hit as well. This Modern Love is a song on Silent oh, Alarm, so good. and that was what actually got me into Block Party was hearing that in how i met your mother and being oh. like, what song is playing i need to find this out and that got me into it yes. as a whole um uh. the other album i've been really into is riot by paramore which is dude really i want to get into yeah. paramore i actually do I, so misery business is a song also on guitar hero and i considered that my guilty pleasure song for a long time <laughs> and finally the other week i was like i'm sick of it why guilty pleasure? No, I'm going to dive into this. I might as well. So I listened to that album, and it is rocking me. It's rocking my <laughs> socks off. I so along with Misery Business, still incredible song. The song Crush 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 is really, really, really good, and I would highly recommend it to anybody who's looking for a high paced, uh, looking to you a know jam, jam in their car or yeah. something. It's it's absolutely fantastic. She before every chorus, you hear it go two, three, four, and then I, every time I get just really amped up, <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, yeah, punch, punch. <laughs> that's amazing. I love that. Right. Yeah. So that's my music. But yeah. I'd love to hear what you're listening yeah. to. I just ran, ranted for a little. No, bit. No, no, no. I'm very happy to, for that. I, I, I think that it's been a bit of a dry spell for me as that far happens. as music goes. <laughs> like, uh, you know, I've been listening to like a playlist a lot, like a, a like a few playlists. One song I really, really enjoy is called Jewels with a Z by Anderson Pock. And Anderson Pock just like has something about it, like a groove that you don't want to stop. Like like it makes you want to dance. And that's hard when you're driving. But like, you know, <laughs> it is excellent. And then uh, an album that has actually really influenced my thought is uh, this album called Limbo by Amine that my brother Hudson um, recommended to me. I've listened to uh, a few songs by them, like Doctor Whoever, uh, which is really good, like, investigation into, like, depression, even though you're, like, a successful artist. And he does a great job of really opening himself up honestly and being vulnerable. And he does that on this album, too. And there's this one song called pressure in my palms and he like references the arthur meme <laughs> he's like <laughs> very topical exactly okay. well, what's the style or instrumentation and very like rap like okay. at the beginning of uh but i would say like a little r&b like like okay. a, a mix between people might hate me i don't know i'm not gonna a mix between like frank ocean and Kendrick, sure. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, they do a really good job of just like unabashedly being themselves. Like in the first song, he's like, "This is a black album." Like, <laughs> and it's awesome. Yeah, and, authenticity is really core to yeah, true art. Exactly. You know, you're not being true to yourself. I mean, what are you I, doing? I love a good song where someone's boasting about everything in their life, but they're deconstructing it. They're like you grow up wanting to have girls, a car and money. And then he's like, 
now that I have those things, I'm just kind of a guy with girls, car, and money. Mm-hmm. And he's like, now what's there le- what do you do when you get to that place? And he's like, <laughs> he literally says, he's like, I've never eaten a grapefruit before. <laughs> yeah, so he's like, why is my grapefruit better than my Ferrari? <laughs> and it's amazing. And in pressure in my palms, like sometimes at the end, they'll just like have a little like quote of like back and forth banter that they have in the studio, presumably. And um, like you hear that in uh, other albums and like, Igor is a really good like oh they're they're similar to Tyler the Creator okay um and so I love that stuff because it's it's just I I don't know why I love it like there's one song uh where literally just Dave Chappelle tells a story and I love that song anyway um and that's in I think Big Sean's latest album but Limbo has a song called Pressure in My Palms and at the end he says um I don't I'm paraphrasing but like there have there is no money in having hate in your heart like i know a lot of untalented people who've got a lot of love in their heart and they're doing great but there's that's broke that's you like you don't get any money through harboring hate Mm -hmm. in your heart Mm -hmm. and that really helped me in the moment i was like (laughs) not that like i want to be rich or whatever but like it it helped me realize that like love sustains creates and and invents whereas hatred can only do the opposite of those things so i really really love that album and that band their name was amine so it looks like anime only switch around the n and the m okay and i think they did that on purpose but i don't know (laughs) so a lot of african-american people love like naruto and like there's a whole like subculture and it's interesting it's great know that yeah exactly um so anyway, great album, great album. Uh, really would recommend Limbo by Amine. So yeah, that's, that's pretty much what I've cool. been listening to. Cool, I'm gonna listen to that maybe on the way home you today. Yeah. Pressure in my palms. I, it's like halfway through the album, but you can start at the beginning or listen to Pressure in okay. My Palms. Um, but yeah, I would say I don't know how long we want this, but like Queen's Gambit. Have you watched it? No, Not but I, I'm familiar with what it is about. So I talked about Better Call Saul. I talked about Devs, and I talked about. Uh, you know, we talked about music, but West Wing and Queen's Gambit, I feel like, are the best ones to, like, watch with uh, your girlfriend or, like, a friend. <laughs> like, somebody who's less, like, invested in sci-fi or something like that. Like, Queen's Gambit is more approachable for, like, so many people. And, like, Moneyball, like, super rewarding by the end. Well, I've heard there's been a huge chess boom just in the recent weeks since Queen's Gambit. Makes ultimate sense. And if you're not familiar with Queen's Gambit, it's a story about uh, a female chess player. Yeah, Beth Harmon, who's fictional. Oh, she's fictional? Yeah. So I had no idea when I, like, I found that out, like, four episodes in because it feels realistic. Okay, yeah. But it's excellent. And, and I would recommend it to, like, almost anybody. And, uh, like, yeah, there is, like, sex scenes, but they don't show anything. And they, like, switch to the next thing. And they swear, but, like, it's not that bad. It's a movie for the whole family. Yeah. <laughs> it's a TV show. Oh, yeah, sorry, yeah, sorry, TV yeah, show. Yeah, you're good. But um, honestly, that's kind of how I feel is, like, more approachable. And what's the actress's name? Her name's and, Anya Taylor-Joy. Yeah, and she's been she's been really coming into the spotlight. Totally. And I, she's a very talented actress. She was in The Witch. The Witch. And she was in Split. And Emma. And Emma, I haven't seen Emma, but I want to. She does and a great job. And she was job also in, in the New Mutants. 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> we'll stay away from that one. Yeah, exactly. But who knows? Maybe she was a great actress yeah, in that, too. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, she does a fantastic job, and like it does really make you want to play chess. The only thing I would say is my only critique is that they don't always show you the chess moves, no. <laughs> which is so annoying. And like I am one of the biggest vouchers for like character development mm-hmm. over whatever's happening, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but like other i want to like learn a little yeah. bit and so sometimes it's great it like shows you what's happening but other times it's like stop trying to be cinematic and yeah. show me what's happening on the board because yeah. oh, that would actually really help funny. me be invested but the ending episode the last episode is one of the most satisfying things i've seen in a long time yeah. as a contrast to devs which left you unsatisfied this one did very See, that, true man that really makes or breaks a show the ending just so yeah i would agree i remember like i don't know uh you know, how much your mother gets a lot of hate because people yeah. hated the ending. Yeah. Um, I, I don't have a problem with the ending personally. and But it's a shame, I think, that a lot of great stuff about that show gets thrown out because True. of the ending. True. And, uh, and well, I, I remember being really happy with Community on my first way through. I was really happy with the ending of Community for the most part, the <laughs> Me finale too. episode. Me too. So that, that really, I mean, it, it's what leaves the taste in your mouth. And yeah. we've said again, <laughs> the, our favorite art is the stuff that keeps us coming back. And that aftertaste is what's going to help decide if you're going to come back or not number one culprit game of thrones game of thrones <laughs> bad taste in the mouth and everybody um, hates it <laughs> i some one of my friends said like isn't it funny that throughout all of quarantine nobody rewatched game yeah. of thrones <laughs> <laughs> oh man yeah. what an icon of pop culture that yes. was like are you gonna like look back and your your grandkids are gonna be like what you guys do back in the day and you're like well when i was in early college we watched game of thrones and everybody did yeah. but then it ended bad and everybody <laughs> change their mind <laughs> they tried to forget about it um the last thing that i will say is that on our last scene episode we talked about avatar the last airbender oh, mm-hmm. that was only on like season one yeah you, yeah. yeah and now i have finished it obviously and i just like want to talk to the people who haven't watched avatar <laughs> the last airbender okay this is not just me but also one of my close friends who recently had this experience too where you like go so long hearing about it and people are like, you should watch it. And you're like, yeah, yeah, whatever. But then you end up watching it and you're like, oh my <laughs> gosh. Yes. Like, I'm so glad I watched it. And honestly, like it is one of those where it ends so well. Mm-hmm. Like I'm picturing it in my head right now and it, it makes me excited. And also like it's so uh, applicable to like rewatch in very many mm-hmm. situations, like with mm-hmm. your kids. With your oh, significant yeah. other. You know I'm watching yeah. Avatar with my kids. Exactly. Oh, yeah, that's exactly. first on the list. <laughs> exactly. Very rewarding and great storytelling. And honestly, just like visually too, like the animations, uh, uh, no complaints. And you should watch it. You should. I could not agree more. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> that we came back to that. Yeah, I'm glad too. So, um, well, thanks yeah. for listening uh, to what Isaac and I have been listening to. Um, and uh, let us know what you're listening to. Hit us up with either, uh, if you have our contact information, you know, <laughs> just send us a text. Or uh, you can always contact us through our Waveframe Pod Instagram page. Give us a follow while you're there and, and a few likes if you feel so inclined. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Slap a review. <laughs> slap, slap a review. Let's say that every single time now. I'm, you know, I'm okay with that. <laughs> Um, yeah, and uh, rewatch the ultimate beefster if you'd like in Mission Impossible <laughs> Fallout. <laughs> Good movie. I would rewatch that with you. Hey, if you want to watch that, just let me know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so thanks for listening. We appreciate it. See you later. Yeah, bye. <laughs>